You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Two things cause us to avoid room from error. One is the idea that somebody must know what the future holds, driven by the uncomfortable feeling that comes from admitting the opposite. The second is that you're therefore doing yourself harm by not taking actions that fully exploit an accurate view of that future of that future coming true. That's on page 140. Room for error lets you endure a range of potential outcomes and endurance that lets you stick around long enough to let the odds of benefiting from a low probability outcome fall in your favour. Their biggest gains occur infrequently, either because they don't happen often or because they take time to compound. So the person with enough room for error in their part of their strategy, cash, to let them endure harsh hardship in another, stocks, has an edge over the person who gets wiped out game over. Insert more tokens when you're when they're wrong, <coughs> and that's basically what's happening at the moment with the bear market. Can you survive your assets declining by thirty percent? And that's um, that's a question that was asked through the book, and we can discuss it after once I finish reading this part. On a spreadsheet, maybe yes, in terms of actually paying your bills and staying cash flow positive. But what about mentally? It is easy to underestimate what a 30% decline does to your psyche. So going back to the question Mm. that the author did pose, could you survive your assets declining by 30%? Well, I mean, currently I don't have any investments as such. So Mm. not that the question is applicable to me, but I understand... Um, the notion behind it mm-hmm. that would be a serious problem um, like m- m- may not even be I mean may not like that might not even necessarily be from a financial point point of view but definitely mentally but I think mm. I don't say we've been through enough but by way of the process in terms of like setbacks we understand in order to go forward sometimes it involves like going two step backwards and st- well two step well two steps back anyway yeah mm. um yeah, it would be, be a bit devastating, but like we've seen it before. Uh, I think I could. Um, yeah. At this, with the assets I currently have, yeah. I could survive. Even like small, small ones, one, and it's a small asset. Assets, but I've got some crypto which I've just had there. They've declined. <laughs> they've declined massively, and it's like it is. It is what it is. Like yeah. I kind of the moment I put that money in, I wash my hands off it anyway. Mm. So it's just one of them <laughs> ones. Yeah, and I know it's declined. It, uh, it's risen. It's declined. It's stagnant. It's, do you know what I mean? It's done everything. And I haven't really, really kept up to date with it, if I'm honest. But yeah, I think thirty percent. Yeah, I think I could. It, obviously, it'll be a blow, but <clears throat> I'm not living off every penny. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Same as yourself. I when I looked at when I last looked at the my investment stocks, a lot of them are below thirty. Right now, some are like ten percent, some are twenty percent, some are forty percent. So it's just like, okay, <laughs> that's what it is right now. You just kind of just um, don't panic. I think a lot of people tend to panic when they see the numbers dropping. Mm. Then they take out their original investment. Now they've really lost all their money, in, essentially. So yeah, they say you haven't lost until you pull it out anyway. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't think for me personally. 
we are, we're literally seeing it right now, like literally <coughs> as we're speaking, the stocks, whether it's stocks and shares or whether it's crypto, if you've got money in them, it's, it's declining at the moment, but it's not forever. This is something that we go through in terms of cycles of the market. So it is what it is. The solution is simple. Use room for error when estimating your future returns. This is more art than science. From my own investments, when I describe more in chapter 20, I assume that the future returns I'll earn in my lifetime would be one third lower than the historic average. So I save more than I would if I assume the future will resemble the past. It's, not, it's my marginal safety. The future may be worse than one third lower than the past, but no marginal safety offers a 100% guarantee. A one third buffer is enough to allow me to sleep well at night. And if the future does resemble the past, I'll be pleasantly surprised. The best way to achieve felicity is to aim low. Charlie Munger. Wonderful. That's on page 142. Essentially saving saving a 30, 33%. But what if you can't save that at the moment? Hmm. Um... <coughs> Evaluate your outgoings mm. and see where you can cut costs. I saw an interested, <laughs> interesting article which I in no way agree with because I think it's a load of BS. But I can't remember if it was said the reason why young people can't get the property ladder is due to Netflix and <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and delivery or fast food takeaways yeah. or something like that, yeah. which is a load of. BS, but it's it's about analysing those kind of things and seeing where your outgoes are going. Do you really require Netflix? Mm -hmm. Or can you just get a dodgy website? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is that being passed on to myself? It can be, yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with Mason, but so yeah, I would agree, Mason, but that necessarily wasn't the question. The question was... What if you can't save that? Um, well, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Save um, what you can. If you can't save... If you can't be at a third... If you can't have a third buffer, then ha that third buffer is... It, it could be a generic figure that, generally speaking, is is what that particular person who said that mm -hmm. tends to work. But everyone's, everyone's at a different stage. Maybe having a buffer of 20%, a fifth, works for you. Or a tenth. It depends on how where you are financially. Just then be in a position, be in a position, just to have something, a, any kind of buffer, something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have <coughs> much of a response to it. My as to like a third. Let's say that's what he saves per se, and I think um, there's an argument. There's a bit biograph bio, biography ish as yeah. to him talking about himself. Yeah, in the beginning, middle, and the end, and, and in the end, sorry. Um, yeah ultimately I think you can only do what you can and as like has been said obviously throughout the book everybody's different everyone's circumstances are different um, mm. everyone views the world completely different you know mm. so um, yeah just do what you can and I think there's even alternatives I know there wasn't any <laughs> reference to buying a house but for example like if you can't get on the property ladder traditionally there's also um, help to buy and all these other different mm -hmm. um, I was going to share um, um, what's it called and where you buy a percentage of the house. Shared ownership. Yeah, all that type of stuff. So there's diff loads of different alternatives um, out there. So like, you, yes, you may not be able to um, um, save a third, but there must there, there probably are alternatives 
by way of which you can you can save. Yeah, yeah, no, don't, no. yeah. You're both right. I mean, there's different alternatives and what you're trying to do. There's different percentages that you can save. Just just do what you can. What works for you. An important cousin of room for error is what I call optimism, bias in risk taking, or Russian roulette. Should 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 statistically work syndrome an attachment to favorable odds when the downside is unacceptable in any circumstances leverage is the devil here leverage taking on debts to make your money go further pushes routine risks into something capable of producing ruin that's on page 143 a good rule of thumb for a lot of things in life is that everything that can break will eventually break Hmm. so if many things rely on one thing working and that thing breaks you are counting the days to catastrophe. That's a single point of failure. And that's on page 145. How do you protect yourself from eventual catastrophes? Yeah, have contingency. So, and do you know what? <clears throat> Good example of this. So, with, with the car I own, breakdown covers in place. Mm. Yeah? Um, so my, my other half, she said, oh, blah, blah, blah. Because it just so happens that our renewal of insurance ties in with when the breakdown cover runs. So, it feel, so a lot of, it feels like everything, that was last month. So everything's coming out at once, basically. Said, oh, more money coming out again. I said, yeah, because do you know why? That 90 pounds or 100 pounds, the peace of mind it gives me mm. is well worth it. Just in case. Because guess what? We could be doing a road trip somewhere up to Durham. I don't know, wherever. That thing's broken down. Now what? Now now we're stressing. Yeah. I'd rather remove that element of stress knowing I paid for this level of cover. Uh, either a replacement car comes or they come and drop us back home so we can't have that trip but the car's back here. Whatever it is. But I'd rather pay that for the year and nothing happen and that still won't be a waste of money for me. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's right. about having those contingency. Imp- it's about having the foresight that, as the book says, something may go wrong. Now you need to weigh up if that thing going wrong is gonna that, whether that whether or not that thing going wrong is gonna cause you the amount. What's the what the price of that thing going wrong is in terms of having a contingency against Jesus? Let me start again. You need to weigh up the price of putting a contingency in against the price of that thing going wrong and you having to deal with it there and then. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> so that's 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 how I try and work. And as I said, life is stressful enough as it is. As you get older and the responsibilities and the expectations, all these kind of things, I'm trying to reduce and limit the stress in my life. And I've reached the stage in my life that if I can afford to pay for re- re- relief or removal of that stress and it, and it actually works, I will do that. I'll weigh that up. And yourself, Pete? Um, sorry, there was a lot was said there. What was the exact question? I know we're talking about single point of failure. Oh, get out of here, people. No, Mason, he hypnotises you with his answers, you know, so you're you're fully immersed. Oh, Insurance, all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, breakdown cover. <laughs> I was, I was uh, fully invested. And every single every single time you're fully invested. Uh, yeah, I was really invested in his answer. Away you're the fairies. Bro, you're invested in those dime bites, boy. I see oh, the way you... I've had like three, maybe four. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Oh, under budget that was. <laughs> How do you protect yourself from eventual catastrophes? <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I, I know I do, but I mean, I'm not too. I, I don't know. 
Um, so you don't know then? No, as in like... Um, no, because I, I think I really do like plan ahead. I mean, yeah, just planning really. Um, but I can't think of any, anything like specific. Like, um, so it makes him like reference um, and his car and, and insurance and stuff like that. Um, what would I reference? Um, like that's the, that'll be the obvious because obviously I use my car pretty much every day. Obviously um, to work. Um, so I'd probably say the same sort of thing, but I can't think of anything um, and different or dissimilar. If I'm being very honest. Cool. What about yourself? So, um, yeah, well, recently, as you know, I've been ill for a while. So I had I had uh, income protection. Yeah. So my income was protected somewhat. <coughs> so even when I wasn't working, I, I work for myself. So if I'm not working, <coughs> no one's paying me. So having that in place was a big ease off from any catastrophe because... You know what I mean? It, it it helped lessen the blow each month, and I wasn't worrying about certain things because I had that in place. Same goes for another insurance that I've got. So if I was to go into hospital or whatever, or not, then I've got a cover that covers me for any injuries and things like that. So I have that as a peace of mind, just in mm. case. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess others other would be just saving in general, just having, as May said, a, a stockpile of uh, money, cash, whatever, investments, that if the worst did come, I can at least dip into that and take some out if, if need be, do you know what I mean? So that's a contingency. So just saving for the sake of saving, maybe not having a specific goal for anything in particular, but just have having different pots where if the worst happens or as I said, yeah, as the book alludes to, any catastrophes does occur, you can at least have something to go towards it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, just having having insurances really, like thinking ahead of possibilities that you don't obviously want to happen, but mm. they are actually a reality and they can happen. So didn't you put something in place for your old man? Yeah, so yeah, yeah I mean, I guess I've got a load of insurance, whether it's um, funeral insurance, health insurance. Just, yeah, but I would even say like, so you're doing a psychology degree, you're doing the football thing, you also do the day-to-day thing. So it's almost like you've, that is a contingency itself in that you've got more than one facet. So you can, if that goes low, actually you can move over here and do a bit more in that field. <coughs> Maybe, yeah. I don't know if you ever thought about it like that. Oh no! Yes, I have. But I mean, um, <coughs> I guess um, leaning on what you're referring to in terms of like car insurance and stuff like that, I was thinking I don't like <coughs> the cars would the car would be my like the, the obvious one to me. So like, bar, yeah, barring what you said, there's not too much. Although of course there's funeral insurance, life insurance, whatever type of stuff that I have as well. Which to some may be the obvious. To some may be the obvious. It's not as obvious. Yeah, as you yeah, think, no, trust yeah. me. Yeah, that'll be it, really. Cool. Some people are remarkably good at avoiding single points of failure. Most critical systems on on airplanes have backups, and the backups often have backups. The biggest single point of failure with money is a sole reliance on a paycheck to fund short-term spending needs, with no swings to create a gap between what you think your expenses are and what they might be in the future. That's on page 145. Before we hop on to the next chapter, is there anything else... Either one of you wanted to add 
No, no. nothing on room for change. <coughs> also, room for error. Sure. <coughs> nothing on room for error. <laughs> You'll change. <laughs> Another pun. They're <laughs> just rolling off the tongue. <laughs> Imagining a goal is easy and fun. Imagine a goal in the context of the realistic life stresses that grow with competitive pursuits is something entirely different. This is a big impact on our ability to plan for future financial goals. That's on page 150. How has the idea and the reality of reaching your financial goals changed since embarking on them? So repeat that again. How has the idea and the reality of reaching your financial goals changed since embarking on them? Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just waiting for Peter to go first. If I go first, can I ask you to repeat the question? Um, <laughs> no, a, I, 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 I just don't think it has changed. The okay. idea of reaching it. Yeah. No, I don't think it has changed. I think I'm... I, I, I mean, I guess the things that I can think about are... I know it talks about this in the book as to like invisible challenges and stuff like that so what might what might seem i don't know like like someone else might not see the challenges that you're going through um yeah so like i want to say for example see we often ask obviously how we are during our week and stuff like that and um i guess within the course of going towards a goal which might seem like it's a straight line you know, involves going left, right, up, down, you know, right, right, you know, and then up again, then back down, all that type of stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's changed. I mean, I think you can be diverted or have to take a detour, like due to maybe something happening or taking place. But I don't think the idea of reaching my goal has changed. I know it's difficult. Mm. And you know, difficult things or anything, anything worth attaining is difficult to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then often, I th- some well, I say even two phrases. Like I've gone too far to turn around. It's just not possible. Mm. I don't know what turning around and going back looks like. In fact, it's probably going <coughs> to be harder, and it's going to be a lot harder to turn around than to go forward and reach my goal at this point. In my humble opinion, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's long turning around. I'm not turning yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can't turn around at this point. It's too late, far too late. Yeah, right. yeah. I think for me, I've never had a kind of financial goal per se in terms of in terms of figure to reach, but definitely yeah. financial freedom is 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 the is is kind of the aim. And as you, as you said, P, like there's going to be diversions on route. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So not to say I've got diversions, but I've got things coming up in my not too not too distant future that might it might it just requires a bit of a detour or replan or rethink, but it doesn't mean that the end goal isn't the same as to get to get there. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just that really. Um That's it. That's it really. But yeah, it's still the same, same end goal. It's just you know, sometimes things might slow you down or you never know, like, maybe the inspiration will be there to, to really get a move on. So, we'll see. Cool. And yourself? The idea is definitely still there. It's burning strong. The reality is, as you said, you become more knowledgeable. So, there's more pitfalls. There's more things to look out for. Um, you may have a deeper knowledge or a deeper understanding of what it may 
really take them to what you initially thought it may have took, but hmm. the idea of reaching the goal still remains the the idea of reaching the goal. Um, I have a slight question. Um, a slight one? Yeah, just a little question. Um, I don't know why, I was thinking of Mourinho. Yeah. Um, so let's say it's a football question. So I remember in 2011, it was. So I think it was, no, that's a lie. It's not in 2011. Okay. Um, 2010, I think it was. So I think Inter played Barcelona or some something along those lines anyway. And I think he made out, yeah, he made out that Barcelona had an obsession of reaching the Bernabeu or getting to the Bernabeu and playing the final, winning the Champions League in Madrid. Mm. Do you think it is wrong for your, um, I forget the word you use, but your your goal, <coughs> do you think it's wrong to have an obsession with your goal? No. Okay. That was it. Just a very simple question. Oh, and uh, yourself, Mason? No, I, I, same thing, no. It's short and simple. I don't understand why. Why do you think it could be? Um, no, because I, I guess the... Um, to add a bit more context, I think he felt there was, um, obviously I've used the word an obsession, but an, an unhealthy obsession. Mm. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know if that makes a difference to the um, to the question or to maybe to your response and answer. No. Um, but yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, that's all. Good. <laughs> Only 27% of college grads have a job related to the major. According to the Federal Reserve, 29% of stay-at-home parents gave college... Um, had college... Had degrees. Yeah, I don't know why it's written. No, no. 29% of stay-at-homes parents have college degrees. Few likely regret their education, of course, but we should acknowledge that a new parent in their 18-year-old self making career goals would, would never imagine. That's on page 151. The end of history illusion is what psychologists call the tendency for people to be keenly aware of how much they've changed in the past, but to underestimate how much their personalities, desires and goals are likely to change in the future. All of us, he said, are walking around with an illusion, Hmm. an illusion that history, our personal history, has just come to an end, that we have just recently become the people that we always were meant to be and will always be for the rest of our lives. We tend to never learn this lesson. Gilbert's research shows people from age 18 to 68 underestimate how much they will change in the future. We should also come to accept the reality of changing our minds. This is um, highlighted in in the book itself. (coughs) We should also come to accept the reality of our changing minds. Do you think accumulating a lot of money changes how you, we think? I haven't got there yet so well it depends on what a lot of money is but I, I have definitely haven't got a, to the point where I don't have to worry about money mm. and my mind ain't changed at all bro <laughs> so in terms of like the need to to save and you know check prices and all the rest mm. of it what do you reckon P? what change how you think I don't believe so um No, I, I, I don't know. I still believe. I don't think a lot of money would change me. Um, mm. I mean, I don't know if that's what the question was specifically. Um, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Mason added added something to it. I was again walked into what Mason. I was like, what wow, are you talking what? about man. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> just no, no, man's just no, 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 no. So I, I, I just don't believe a lot of money would change me. But um, so, but the question was. <laughs> Get out of it. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> 
The trick is to accept the reality of change and move on as soon as possible. This is what we're doing. We're just going to move on from that last <laughs> chapter. That was one of my favourite chapters, by the way. Really? It was, honestly. One of my favourite chapters. But yet you don't <coughs> hear the question that was asked. No, because no, I, I thought there was a bit more to it, but that was one of my favourite chapters. Because listening to Macy's No, the reason why it was one of my so favourite chapters is because I felt it kind of spoke to me in some in, in some reference as to regretting... You spoke a lot about this, actually, about oh. um, regretting um, studying courses <laughs> and career paths, which there are a few to which I personally believe... I, I've said it before, actually, as to the sports and exercise science degree. Mm. Kind of felt... I can, I, I can almost be even been there. Like, that, that doesn't mean nothing to me. The reason why I got into it was to to get into coaching and I got into coaching and working at a professional club long before I actually finished my degree. My degree has, has and for me, has held no value in any way, shape or form. It's just something I tell people, oh, I've got a degree, you know? <laughs> that's all, it's honestly, that's all, that's always like 20, done in any way, shape or form. Like 29% of the stay-at-home parents as well. And then I found that really interesting as well. Um, I forget why I found it interesting, but I was in deep thought as to that today, as to how interesting... And that's that was. And then there was even another thing I think it mentioned as well as to an adult removes tattoos a teenager wants. And the same goes for relationships and lifestyles. Um, yeah, and I just found that interesting. I think there was a bit more to my thought at the time. Um, but yeah, no, I think what I was thinking was actually decisions you make today would impact you tomorrow. So like, yeah, all oh, that tattoo looks really, really cool. Guess what? You know, somewhere down the line, that that tattoo might not be, I don't know, appropriate. Let's say, you know, or for example, actually, let's say for example, I see my locks once once upon a time, or even now, who knows? They might not be. They, let's say they weren't deemed appropriate. So if I decided to, well, I have, but back then, if I decided to grow locks, I might not be deemed appropriate for certain jobs, or it might be, yeah, it might not be appropriate. There's more, but I mean, that's kind of what I'm referring to. The decisions you make today will ultimately impact you tomorrow. And making the decision to study a sports and exercise science degree sounded wise and a good decision at the time. But in hindsight, I've sat down and thought to myself, you know, I should have studied a, a law wasn't my thing. But I think a lot of us did business in college and stuff like that. And maybe that's something that I should have continued. But I think to myself, actually, I wouldn't have met this person, this person, this person. And oddly, and I'm not too sure whether this was um, by design, I think... Everyone pretty much on my hall, by maybe two people, like my dorms, was doing sports and exercise science. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was by design or I'm not too sure. Mm. Um, and in so I wouldn't have met certain people. Um, so yes, I definitely have some regrets in regards to certainly what I studied and some of the career choices I made as to, well, some of the career choices I made. But ultimately, as we discussed, I mean, you learn from your experiences and I feel certainly back then, and I have changed now, I think I'm a man who had to go through this. I had to put my hand on the stove. Ooh, that's too hot. You know, and then learn actually, if you if you do that, these are the consequences. As a result, you know, I'm 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 far more wiser going forward. But like as to like money and money changing me, which is what I started with, I just feel through my experiences, tra tra traveling, all that type of stuff that like I've realised no it doesn't hit when you do yeah, it yeah no I did that purposely <laughs> just trying to kill it you know I'm joking no through my experiences travelling <laughs> through, through my experiences travelling I've seen that there are people who really like not that money doesn't mean anything to them but like it hasn't affected who they are whereas like living in our society here I'm telling you if you take money away from people mm. like there's not much to them there's not much personality mm. and truth be told there's not much going for them 
Um, hence, I guess through those experiences and seeing that in the flesh and in, in the flesh and in the person, um, I don't know. Like money is more like your currency is more than money. You know your personality, what you stand for, morals. Dare I say even qualifications, potential. Um, yeah, yeah. My favorite chapter. Cool. Is there any other points that you want to make on your favorite chapter? Um, let's see. Um, yeah, compounding works best when you give yourself years and decades to grow. Funny, funny that. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm. Say, what's, his, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Mildrew. What's the Don's name? Oh, he's my favorite character. I'm to a Victor Mildrew. I used yeah. to love that. That's who you looked like just then. I used to love that. Um, what program is that from? Uh, One Foot in the Grave. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch it. Classic. <clears throat> but anyway, like. I was even listening to a podcast and again, talking about patience and now it was like, um, come on, man. E EYL. Mm. I was listening to them. I think it was a very short bite size one. And I think the woman was talking about her experiences about him being in debt actually, and what's good debt and what's bad debt. Yeah. And she spoke of her experiences as to, I think, um, I think she gave someone some money, which she shouldn't have yeah. on a loan. And she said she worked years to pay it off. And once she paid off, I think she said 35 grand. Once she paid off, she was like, phew. Then looked around, she said, I still live in a box. And she goes, how have I managed to put myself in that position? So she said, she said, when it came to paying off her student loan, she said, actually, I need to invest in myself to then find my, you know what I mean? To give myself growth mm -hmm. to which I can pay those things off. And then she spoke of, I don't know, paying the minimum and so on and so forth and stuff like that, which is a little, but not related <coughs> to what we're talking about now. Um, yeah. Um, but no, as to, so what she was talking about, slight detour, um, what she was talking about was making sure you plant seeds. Um, you know, so plant seeds now, which you may not reap anything from now, but in five, 10 years time, hopefully they'll reap rewards and just make sure you're planting seeds all over the gaff, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, favorite chapter, compounding. Okay. <laughs> You'll change. Anything else? No. Um, nope, nothing else, that's all. Right. Nothing's free. Everything has a price, but not all prices appear on the labels. Every job looks easy when you're not the one doing it because the challenges faced by someone in the arena are often invisible to those in the crowd. And that's on page 158. I thought football was a prime example of that. <clears throat> Definitely. What things do you do that, you may, that may look easy to the outside world? Stay flipping sane, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um Your job. No no I, do you know it's an obvious one. I know what you're saying. It's an obvious yeah. one. Um But I didn't want to say it. But I, I, what, I wanted it? to say it but I didn't want to say, say it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, is that the answer? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, thought, so I thought he was going to add a bit more to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, in regards to myself, I say, yeah, my, definitely my job. I mean, like in regards to just like minicabbing and just driving people around mm. all day and every day. I mean, there's definitely physical, a physical aspect as to like being attentive and even not, I don't say looking forward, but like you have to anticipate what other people's like moves are and even silly things like that. These things obviously come a bit more natural to me now, but there's that. Then there's, I mean, some of the obvious ones to me are, in fact, there are so many different obvious ones, but I mean, come on, what would be like what? Initially, I found it really, really hard taking people around 
like going out on a Friday and Saturday night and they were going out and having a good time and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I found it hard very um, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, today, something mad happened. Like not mad, but just like really funny where someone gave me something to give to someone. All right. It wasn't nothing illegal. Um, I know those things happen, but it wasn't nothing illegal. And the guy was of Chinese or- origin. So he gave me the package and I knew what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to give it to somebody else. But he got on the phone and got someone to tell me. Cool, no problem. I understood that anyway. Gave me a telephone number. Ring this person when you arrive. I got there, arrived, and I rang the number. And the person was talking to me as if the person, that person then didn't speak like English very well, which kind of frustrated me actually, because I thought it'll be a very, very simple transaction. I pass you the goods and I just shut the app off and I just go about my business. Um, But the person was communicating with me as if they didn't know what I was talking about. And I was like, I don't have time for this. Like (laughs) I've had to speak to too many people just to drop off something. This doesn't make sense. And when I was telling him, I've got a package for you. He was like, he was telling me, he's saying about 10 pound. He was telling me, I've got 10 pound for you. No, I could take it for 10 pound. I was like, bro, I don't want your 10 pound. All right. I'm not buying nothing from you. Sorry. And I was outside of what I thought was a Thai restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I think he thought I was coming to potentially buy food or something like that. So bro, I don't want nothing for 10 pound. All right. I need you to come and collect your package so I can go. And it got to a point where we'll do, we're doing this for a good five, five plus minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was now at the point where I was going to say, you know what? I'm going to throw this shit in the bin. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to throw it in a bin, but I was going to go about my next job. Mm-hmm. So I already accepted a job. So as I was going back to the car, I saw someone come out. And then when he came towards me, he was giving me 10 pounds and the thank you for passing the package over. Okay. Um, I forget I was even going with this, but I guess... <laughs> I guess what I was saying is like you done your job properly. No, not even that. I oh. think there could be like real misunderstandings, like misunderstandings all the time, which can be quite frustrating. Mm. There are loads of different other things as well, but I mean, I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> please. please. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the. It's a simple, obvious answer, but it's a valid one. I think. Mm. <clears throat> Again when you do something you do it on a daily basis and it's you do it in autopilot you make it look seamless or seem make it seem easy but the reality is that a lot of what we do isn't easy like we all we all have skills that others may not possess mm. and to watch you do it flawlessly or effortlessly is something that you could take pride in as well yeah all right so Hold stocks for the long run. You'll hear. It's good advice. But do you know how hard it is to maintain a long-term outlook when stocks are collapsing like everything else worthwhile? Successful investing demands a price, but its currency is not dollars and cents. It's validity. Fear, doubt, uncertainty and regret, all of of which are easy to overlook until you're dealing with them in real time. (laughs) That's on page 158. The question is, why do so many people who are willing to pay the price of cars, houses, food and vacations try so hard to avoid paying the price of a good investment returns? The answer is simple. The price of investing success is not immediately obvious. It's it's not a price tag you can see. So when the bill comes due, it doesn't feel like a fee for getting something good. It sounds trivial, but thinking of market volatility volatility is as a fee rather than a fine is an important part of developing the kind of mindset that lets you stick around long enough for investing gains to work in your favor and that's on page 162 also 
is there any questions or notes that anyone's got from this last part of the chapter? That's nothing's three, yeah? Yeah. Um, no, I have nothing, no. That's no. You and me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's alright he, he's done, no, he done them on purpose definitely <laughs> definitely he's written him down no definitely. that's bro that's the next one you and me 16. I know but you, the way you've done this <laughs> it's a roll of the tongue <laughs> oh man oh man